Guess who's back? Back again. Cult of Pop. We're here again. That did not turn out the way I thought it was going to in my head. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Hello, and welcome to a return edition of the Cult of Pop. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me as my illustrious co-host... Travis Mickelay. Travis, what's up, man? Uh, nothing, just having the time of my life, man. Great save my life. We uh, went on a brief hiatus for a little while. Uh, a lot of cocaine, you know, binging. It's, you know, strippers and hoes. It's how we do it. I'm pretty sure um, that would have been much better than uh, my wife being in the hospital for three three weeks after having a baby. So apparently Travis went solo. <laughs> so I, I'm now a father. Do I look different? You've actually aged a lot. I feel like I've aged. But it's wisdom. Looks like you've gained wisdom points. Yeah. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Hopefully we gain more more listeners uh, off of my wisdom that I've gained from having a three-month-old. Uh, so anyways, we're back. We're better than ever. Hopefully we'll be able to record more shows more often than once every three or four months. Hey, consistency, man. That's yeah. what we got. That's uh, that's all that matters. I I uh, I miss doing this. I miss. I mean, I haven't even got to see you really. We've seen a couple times. Um, I've seen two movies since I've had the baby. Both Marvel movies. I saw Endgame and I saw Spider Man. Those are the only two times I went to the theater in four months. Well, those are those are both good movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy I saw them. I'm just saying, like, my life kind of stopped for a little while. I didn't get to do you just, much. You just need a pirated movies. So that's all you need to do. Yeah, but it's not the same. Not not that not that I would ever do that. Never but, ever. But you're just saying I should do that, okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like going to the movie theater too much. Yeah, I, d- I definitely like the experience, depending on which movie theater you go to. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some crappy movie theaters out there. More more bad theaters than good, I'd say. Probably. I'm a cheap ass, so I only see like the five dollar <laughs> movies. You know that yeah. as long as you give it four or five o'clock, dude. Every Tuesday is five dollars. Well, yeah, then you don't have to deal with people. Yeah, like that. yeah, I like that. Um, so this episode, unfortunately, I originally was like trying to figure out a way for us to review Endgame, um, but it just wasn't feasible. So yeah, that came and went. So. <laughs> yeah, so we're but we're gonna skip Endgame. I I I'm confident most people saw Endgame because it is now the number one grossing movie of all time, officially surpassed Avatar. Well, it kind of cheated. Yeah. It's like, hey, we didn't pass Avatar. What are we going to do? Re-release it. Yeah. Smart, 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 we smart. Added, we added, I think, a, another Stan Lee cameo, I think, was added yep. to it. Yeah. And another post-credit scene. Uh, Yeah, but I don't think... I didn't see either. I wasn't going to fall for that one. I think that it was more of an extended of the... Because uh, there wasn't a post-credit scene. Okay. And it was an extended scene from the movie. But anyways... It's neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to review Spider-Man Far From Home. Spoil the heck out of it. So if you haven't seen the movie after we end our open discussion that we're about to have here in a minute, do not listen to the rest of this podcast. We're going to talk about Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, the really the only Comic-Con there is. Yeah, basically. Um, and just kind of... Go over our thoughts, uh, general thoughts about it. We're going to talk about some of the MCU release dates, some of the news that broke, and some of the trailers. Um, and we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. I want to start off, though, um, just talking about the trailers. Let's talk about the three main trailers. So, usually, Comic-Con is where all the studios, studios hold out their 
good footage. This is where they drop the cool shit. Yeah, right? I mean, every year, people stand in line for hours to get into these halls to Mm -hmm. see see these things. Um, The three trailers that made the most impact, I would say, there was some smaller stuff, like Witcher Netflix Mm -hmm. movie was released and stuff like that, but uh, Top Gun, it, the second chapter, and I would say... The weirdest is Jalen Silent Bob Returns. Um, yeah, so let's start with Top Gun. Are you a Top Gun fan? Do you love that movie? Uh, you... I'm a big fan of the 80s and all things 80s. Yeah. So I definitely love playing volleyball in my uh, Daisy Dukes. Here, <laughs> playing with the boys? Yeah. <laughs> with the boys in my Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a great movie. Tom Cruise is badass in just about everything he does. Um. I just read something about Tom Cruise in which he became the producer of Mission Impossible because he couldn't find anybody that would produce it and allow him to do his own stunts. Yeah. So he took all the risk on himself just so he can do his own stunts. They, no one wanted to assume that. Uh, yeah, the liability. That liability. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's in his 50s, and he's doing all his own stunts. He's flying in fighter jets. Uh, the cast is also amazing. So this cast added Jennifer Connelly. It added Miles Teller. um, and uh, uh, there's uh, Bill, not not Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton mm-hmm. is that right? Yes. No, Ed Harris. Ed Harris is who it added. Um, so I, the trailer was, I think, probably the best trailer for a remake that I've seen. It was cut in a way that made you nostalgic, but at the same time was like, what is this movie even about? Like, I don't need. I don't want my trailer to tell me too much. I want it to give me like a tease. It's like a foreplay for a movie. That's what a t- that's what a trailer should be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I really enjoy this trailer. I don't know if this is going to be a good movie, but I'm definitely going to see it. Uh, I think it's going to be a great movie. It's going to be one of those like '80s action flicks. Um, I just thought it was funny. Like if you haven't seen the trailer, spoilers. But he meets with like a general. The general's like, "Hey, you're a pilot. You should've been a colonel by now." And I just yeah. thought that was hilarious. Hey, you have mounted to nothing in your life. You're 50 <laughs> years old. It's time for you to retire. What are you doing? What are you doing more? What are you doing with your life, man? You're 50 years old and you're 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 just toiling away. Um, yeah. So, uh, you so know, that made, that, that made me happy. And he showed up to Comic-Con and kind of surprised everybody when he dropped trailer. That was cool. Um, so it the second chapter yeah that was another trailer um which i the first movie i really enjoyed it was not scary to me at all i i i actually felt like it uh kind of built off of the stranger things mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah the vibe hype. yeah that whole hype i mean not just because wolf uh, um finn wolfharden was in it but it just also had that kind of like vibe to it you know yeah it had the what what year is it the 80s kind yeah, of thing yeah. uh children coming of age it's basically Stranger Things with a different villain. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like Goonies. You know, kids rise above right, to take yeah. over. Yeah. Don't underestimate the children kind of thing. Um, this, though, I thought the trailer was pretty freaking scary. Uh, it was much more intense than the, anything that was released from the first movie. And it has Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, and Bill Hader. So I'm on board. I'm sold. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for this movie to top the first one because the first one brought in half a billion dollars, the largest, I think it was the largest uh, box office for a, a horror movie. 
So, um, but I, are you, did you like the first one? Are you excited for this one? Uh, it definitely doesn't follow the books, like the books. Oh, went, yeah, not at like, all. Back and forth between mm-hmm. adults and kids, and this is following the adults, just the adult storyline now. So it doesn't have any of the, I mean, the kids are in it, but, you know, not in flashbacks, they're in it. Uh, but I think it's going to be great. It's probably going to be scary as shit. I'm definitely going to watch it. You're, you're not a big fan of horror movies, though, right? Uh, I definitely don't go out of my way to see them. They don't do too much for me, but I'll see it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because your wife likes horror movies, right? Oh, she's she's definitely into horror movies. Nice. Okay. Good. She she wears the the pants in the family. <laughs> that's how that's how it is with most uh, marriages I found. Um, and then the last trailer, uh, which I mean, I guess it makes sense because you know Kevin Smith has made a living off of comic books and mm-hmm. he's obsessed with comics and he's a nerd, but. Uh, I, I I don't remember the exact. I guess I should look this up. The exact name of the movie, but it's Jay and Silent Bob. I think returned. If I'm not, mis- is, is that right or is that wrong? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, he definitely picked the right audience. He is a comic book nerd, so it's good that he went to Comic Con and showed something. Uh, reboot Jay and Silent Bob reboot. There we go. Hopefully, hopefully it does well. I'm. You know, I'm I'm on the outside, but I didn't really care for Dragon Silent Bob. Oh wow, really? You didn't think it was funny at all? It was it was good, but man, does it have a cult following now? Are you a uh, are you a Kevin Smith fan? Uh, not really. Not not his directing abilities, mm-hmm. but I like him as a person. Like his reviews on things, like his insight. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I I don't know. I'm 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 like fifty fifty on his movies. Like, some of his movies uh, I love and I'm nostalgic for, like, Mallrats. I know it's not a great movie. I love it. Clerks is good. That's probably, yeah, obviously, his best movie. Some of his, like, I like Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, Strike Back, I mean, I've seen that movie a million times. But, you know, recently his stuff has been really bad. Like, Yoga Hosers is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, and that kills me to say that. Like, I, I was so looking forward to him kind of branching out a little bit and it was not good it was not good at all i mean um i i will say when it comes like when it comes to creators today he is willing to do his own thing and i appreciate that so i feel like jane son bob's probably not going to be good um but you know what? He's wealthy and he can do whatever he wants. And I appreciate that. If you know, if you have the ability to make stupid stuff and people come and see it, then then fine. But honestly, like Zach and Mary make a porno was probably like the last movie of his that I was like, enjoyed. Uh, when I saw yoga hosers, I didn't, I didn't even know he uh, directed it. Did you, so but you saw yoga hosers? I did. Do you agree? It's one of the worst movies you've ever seen. It is pretty bad. I would not expect like him as a director to direct that. Right. But now that I saw it, it, it kind of makes sense. Like the humor in it and stuff, that makes sense. But to me, it was like the just a really bad low budget comedy yeah. horror kind of thing. It was not. It, yeah, was, it, was, not it was not good. Yeah, I would not recommend it. And it's unfortunate because I feel like you know he obviously made that movie like because he wanted to work with his daughter. And yeah. she was fine, and it was whatever, but it was just not good. Not a good movie. Yeah, it wasn't... I wouldn't blame it on the acting. No, no. It was... 
as a as a weird movie too. Anyways, um, so was Tusk. Yeah, Tusk was. The thing is, like Tusk is like two thirds of a good movie. Like the first two thirds of that movie is so good, and then you just get to the end, and it's again, it's out there. Uh, uh, he said half his budget was uh, spent on getting the song rights to the song Tusk. Wow, that's okay. <laughs> so yeah. the the budget was three million dollars, and I think one million or. Something like that when yep. you just get the rights to one song. Gotta get that song, apparently. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about uh, the MCU, because that was pretty much the bulk of Comic-Con, um, outside of like TV stuff. You know, I mentioned those three movies before. I mean, it makes sense, though, because the MCU is comic books and yeah. it's Comic-Con. Yeah, and there was no DC presence at all. Yeah, DC is uh, really taking the back seat. They... They say there's no ROI in really doing Comic-Con. And that kind of scares me for the future of the DC Universe. Yeah. They had their TV shows there, but, I mean, it's kind of like, um, there's no ROI. So, no, the the ROI is building hype for your product. That's the ROI. Like, you, yeah. you know, like, you build this anticipation up. And the thing is, like, we're going off on a tangent here, but DC, the DCU hasn't stirred any kind of anticipation for anything in a long time but the fact that you have wonder woman dropping in a few months and you don't have anything to show what well the the biggest thing out of dc is robert patterson being the next batman yeah right and that i don't don't even think that that was hyped enough like yeah that just kind of came out of left field like like this is the new guy okay yeah and they i don't know man it's it's batman he's the most famous superhero, second probably to Superman. Yeah. And Maybe even more famous at this point. Yeah. You know? Dude, okay, here's the thing. Why would you not save that? At least just announce that at Comic-Con. Just have Patterson, Patterson show up. At, yeah. You know, and say, like that, the buzz that you would get from that would be, at least you could, like, bring that buzz to your shows that you're, you're bringing there. The Whether it's the Doom Patrol on the DC you know app or whatever it is yeah like whatever you're using this as a way to market for your other shows it's like who is does marketing for dc nobody i mean you and my you and i are in my basement and we're probably could do a better job than than whoever's in charge well they did you hear about swamp thing the swamp thing movie they did no i knew they were talking about tv show sorry it's a tv show okay swamp things tv show it already came out oh they were filming in georgia georgia and DC got together, and Georgia said, "Hey, we have a big film kind of movement going. The government's really behind it to stir economics. You throw down forty million, we'll throw down forty million, and we'll make the most badass, scary TV show, Swamp Thing." Well, then Georgia pulled out, and it was canceled before it even showed. Okay, I was gonna say I don't. I remember they were making them, but I didn't hear anything else about you, it. You can still see all the episodes, but they're so they're not gonna be a Swamp Thing too. Because they're already $40 million in the hole. Because wow. Georgia's not paying them. Why did Georgia pull out, do we know? Uh, it came down to financial reasons. So well, $40 million it, is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know what kind of return they... I mean, but $80 million for a TV show. That's, that's, that's like, Game of Thrones level. Yeah, that's Game show. of Thrones. That's, that's you know, uh, Amazon Lord of Rings level. Like, that's a lot of money. Um, I, I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> and now it's gone. And now it's gone. Interesting. Well, so... In your opinion, let's just let me just let's just do this. What was the biggest piece of MC MCU 
news that came out at, at Comic-Con, in your opinion? Like, what was the one that, like, stopped you in your tracks? Like, oh. The, the one that hit me the hardest was the new actor to play Blade. Oh, Mahasha Ali? Yeah. Yeah? Is that good? Bad? You T- To me, like, Wesley Snipes will always be Blade. Yeah? And Marshall Ali, every time I see him in a movie, he's a great actor. But he does not look like a physically menacing person. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, he was my favorite part about Luke, Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. he's Luke Cage was a cluster for sure. And he was awesome in it. Um, That's Cottonmouth. Yeah. And obviously, uh, I mean, Moonlight, which is a totally different style of film, you know, he was terrific in. He just won, you know, Best Supporting Actor for the Green Book. So we know he's got acting chops. For sure. But, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, because it's not like he did a ton of action in Luke Cage. So, I mean, and that's a very physical role. I mean, that's the thing. Wesley Snipes is a martial art artist. He's was in shape. We, we haven't really... I mean, I kind of see where you're coming from there. I didn't really think of it that way. I was just more thinking, like, sweet. I love Mahasha Ali, you know. But if Chris Pratt can go from... Fatty McFatterson yeah. in Parks and Rec to what he is now. There's there's no doubt that this guy can definitely put on the muscle, look good on camera. Hopefully um, he's athletic. The problem with his character is he doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. See, so every character that wears a mask in the Marvel Universe is CGI. So when you don't get to wear a mask, they have to have a real body there to do all the stunts and all the physical right. stuff. So so it looks better right. if it's a stunt double. Yeah. Right, that's a good point. That's a, and uh, it's a lot easier to CGI stuff too most of the time, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, you trying to CGI a human face is a lot more difficult than a mask. So that's a good point, and I, I, I don't, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm, let me see. I'm cautiously optimistic, as they say in the business. Uh, Marvel seems to be hitting, you know, hitting all strides. So I have no doubt. That they'll make it a great movie, no matter what. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, I just hope it's, honestly, uh, I just, I hope, personally, that it's an R-rated movie. So, from what I've heard, and I don't know if you've heard this, I honestly, I should have probably looked into it, but I've heard on a couple podcasts that they're keeping the Fox brand alive specifically for R-rated stuff. Yeah, they don't want it to be part of the Disney Right. Name. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I understand that. Like, I totally, I totally get that. You've branded yourself as, you know, uh, a family center. Family. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're, we're at the point now where branding is just as important as content in a lot of aspects. Hopefully in a future episode, I know we're going to talk about streaming eventually. And I think, you know, Disney's going to probably separate their streaming businesses um, into a couple, couple different factors. So this makes sense, um, which I'm happy for that, though. I want to see Deadpool. I want to see Blade Rated R. I want to see these other movies. So I- I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad. Um, I think they had a Miramax, and they would throw all their R-rated stuff into Miramax. Now that they've got yeah. Fox, they'll have Fox do it all, which is a, it's a smart move. Yeah, and I think... You know, there were concerns about this, and I think the fact they're going to do a Blade... Because you can't... Listen, you can't do a PG-13 Blade movie. You can't. I'm sorry. How do you do a PG-13 Blade movie? You can't. They're going to re-air it again for Christmas like they did Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
Okay. Uh, so I like that. I like that pick by you. That that definitely was uh, a surprise to me. I did not see that coming. Um, the, the the thing that um, the thing that I saw that probably was the most surprising thing to me that made my heart kind of flutter a little bit is that the Black Widow. Black Widow is not going to be a TV show. Ever, there were so many rumors swirling that it was going to be a TV show, yeah. and we found out that nope, it's going to be a film. Um, I love Scarlett Johansson in that role. I love the character of Black Widow. Uh, I love the addition of David Harbor. Uh, I'm just I'm really excited for that project. Um, did I don't think they have any. There's not a director attached, is there? Uh, not that I know of. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that was... And it, the thing is, it's coming out next year. So... Yeah, May 1st, 2020. They better get on the ball here if, uh, if you know... I, I assume that um, filming's going to start pretty soon. Um, the other thing I want to talk about that's not on on anybody's list, really, and we haven't really talked about... Because they talked about Marvel Phase 5 a lot. They talked about what it was and what it wasn't. But we know that Guardians 3 is coming to a theater probably in the next two years within this time frame. Um, but it was not mentioned at all. Well. WTF. Well, phase four is what we're heading into now. That's only going to be two years long. And the phases are usually longer than two years. So I don't think you want to pull too much away from phase four by revealing everything that's going to be in phase five. But the stuff in Phase 5 dwarfs it. Like, to me, like, X-Men's coming in Phase 5. Fantastic mm-hmm. Four's coming in Phase 5. Blade's coming in Phase 5. Guardians Galaxy Galaxy 3's coming in Phase 5. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely see what yeah. you're saying. But I just, it's like one of those things where it's like, so, why, I don't know, why, Phase 4, what does that even mean? What, what Like, what's the purpose of having these, like, so, like, I understand the phases before because you had these huge characters i mean this is a decade-long build to get to get to phase three and in, in game but like the phases usually led to like a story arc so an overall story arc all the movies together when combined made a, st- a story and then you'd have you know like an avengers Endgame mm-hmm. type of movie at the right. end it doesn't seem that to be the case with phase four though right right so, so yeah it's almost like a stepping stone and a lot of it is predicated, and I, this is the thing that I think they're really smart about. And again, hopefully, in a future episode, we're going to talk about streaming. But I just they are banking Phase Four to be very television, aka Disney Plus centric. So they're expecting a lot of people to buy the Plus program to see these arcs fulfilled. And that, to me, dude, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm not buying Disney Plus. Not yeah, doing it. It's an extra fifteen dollars minimum, I think. And it's seven. It's seven dollars. Six ninety nine. Oh, okay, okay. It's six ninety nine. Yeah. And uh, the way one way they're going to pull you in is that these series lead up to the movie. So like Winter Soldier is going to lead up into another movie. Uh, WandaVision leads up into Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you're not going to know the entire Doctor Strange movie without seeing WandaVision, the TV show, first. It's so frustrating. I mean, that's... I mean, how do you feel about that? Are you going to get... Are you going to get Disney Plus? I will not pay for Disney Plus, but I'll definitely see all the... <laughs> You'll see all this? I'll see okay. them all. Yeah, I mean... 
with the glut of, of programming that is already on these streaming services, like I have a hard time finding time to watch all this. And you're asking me to not only go see your movies in a theater, but spend time on my couch watching one, two, three, four, basically four or five television shows. Um, man, I just, I don't, I don't have time for that. Um, yeah, each show is going to be six, eight episodes, most likely six, an hour long. Um, I don't know if they're all going to be released like Netflix where they all get dumped at the same time. Dude, that's a lot, man. That is so much. So I, I don't know. I guess hopefully, I, I'm, I hopefully you know, Love and Thunder, which we'll talk about hopefully in a little bit, and Black Widow and the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Doctor Strange. Hopefully those movies are good, good enough to keep me interested because I don't. I love Marvel movies, but I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I feel like we might have. Like they oversaturated. Yeah, we might have reached our our peak Marvel content for yeah. for for the time being. We'll see. Uh, anything else you want to talk about as far as Phase Four Marvel? And um, Doctor Strange will be their first horror movie, so that sounds cool. I hope it really is horror too. Like, let me put that out there. I hope it really is. Uh, that's about it for me. Yeah. So uh, let's. I kind of want to bring this back to Comic Con in general. Okay. Um. So I kind of talked a little bit to you and you were like, Hey, save it for the show. I, it used to be one of my bucket list things was to go to Comic-Con. First of all, San Diego is gorgeous, uh, year round. So mm-hmm. even in the summertime, it was like 60 to 70 degrees there all, you know, this whole time. It, so that helps, right? Beautiful weather, beautiful people. And, and it is Comic-Con. And it is Comic-Con. Like, you can say, I'm going to go to the Cincinnati Comic-Con. But when you say, I'm going to Comic-Con, they, everyone's just going to say, right. we're going to San Diego Comic-Con. Exactly. Every other Comic-Con is just whatever. But I feel like the, the last few years especially. So uh, I distinctly remember on this pod, not this podcast, but the Midnight Film Review, uh, my former co-host, Colin and I, talking about how, uh, and obviously... This was very Marvel-centric. We just talked about it. But last year and the year before, they refused to really do anything because they were doing uh, Disney Con or whatever the big Disney convention is. So they wanted to release all of their stuff for that. They kind of backtracked on that. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was because they didn't see any success in it. But <clears throat> that the, their absence from those two cons was felt. And it, it kind of... I don't know, cheapened it. And yeah. and this year, it seems like everything that was coming out of Comic-Con was television news. And television is so niche right now. Like, I don't care if the lead character of Walking Dead is not going to be there. That was big news. That was broke. Yeah. Supernatural, a show I've never watched before, is ending. That was announced at Comic-Con. Never seen that episode. Yeah. Um, a lot of the Marvel stuff was television rated. A lot of the Disney stuff in period, you know, with Mandalorian and all this stuff. A lot of that was all television. And I'm just, we're just scratching the surface. Most, the majority of stuff at this convention was television related. Uh, and I think, honestly, I would, if I was there, I would have been pissed. Like, just, I followed, I followed Comic Con less this year than I have ever in my life. And it has nothing to do with, you know what's going on in my life because I have a phone in my hand almost all the time. It's just I literally didn't care about anything that was happening. You know, I remember um, two years ago I remember live streaming 
Hall H mm-hmm. on my computer. And this year, I kind of even didn't even cross my mind once because I didn't care about any of the panels. I didn't care about a lot of the stuff that was happening there. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Am I wrong? Am I stupid? Am I over exaggerating? Uh, I know you're hating on TV shows, but I like the TV shows only because they're basically long form movie formats now. If it were like a DC TV show, I don't care for those. I mean, they're good TV shows, but they're not the same as like a Game of Thrones TV show or the new Lord of the Rings TV show. Because those are going to be an epic movie, basically. But I get, I get what you're saying, though. It's not, it's not what it used to be. Um, hey. DC had almost no presence. Right. So you have two, you have two major comic book entities, DC and MCU, and DC was hardly even a blip on the radar. I mean, how do you have a comic book? convention without the second biggest comic book and you with and you mentioned like the biggest comic book uh probably batman and superman are the two biggest comic book superheroes of all time yeah when and, you say superhero you think superman or batman yeah i mean absolutely. before anybody else yep yeah exactly and, and dc is blowing it uh henry cavill i don't think he's coming back as superman he's not dude i i, I he's not i just don't what why would he well, I mean, everything needs rebooted. You have a new Batman. You might as well have a new Superman. You need to reboot this thing. You need to start over. They're I mean, they're talking about no. They're not talking about. They are rebooting the Flash. They're gonna have a new Flash actor as well. Yeah, I mean that Flash thing has been happening for. They've they've went through like five directors, three writers. Like it's it's a mess. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And. Uh, Flash is like one of the easiest characters to bring. Like yeah. you watch the television show, and it's. It's so good because they get it, and it's because it's an easy character to write. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of it's a little bit of Superman with a little bit of of Batman, like the detective, you know, mm-hmm. police work with the. It's just it's almost embarrassing that DC television is so much better than DC movies. It really is like. That is true. It's but I mean, their presence not being at Comic Con, it it hurts the overall business. I feel like and. I don't know what to expect out of future Comic Cons, but I, I I have to say, dude, it's no longer on my bucket list. Yeah, I mean, I could just saying, uh, DC has the rock to be an actor in a Shazam movie, or is actually his own spinoff. Oh and yeah, that's that's not even being promoted. Yeah, I forgot all about that, dude. That's a great point. Like that that should be. You have the biggest movie star on the earth. Uh, yeah, on the planet. Yeah, he should have been at Comic Con. I don't know if he was or not. I didn't hear anything about it. If I it didn't was. hear anything about it. If he couldn't make it, they should have had him on a TV screen. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Skype him in. Yeah. Even if it's for two minutes. You know the yeah. pop he would get would have gotten? Exactly. I mean, yeah. It's a huge mistake. It's a it's a miscalculation, which is something that you can expect from DC all the time. But also, I think that the organizers of Comic-Con uh, really need to incentivize companies in some way. Or change the direction that you're going. Um, I'm fine with focusing on television. I didn't want it to come off like I'm saying like you shouldn't. Yeah. But like breaking news for a show, like Walking Dead is massive. I get it. Like that show is one of the most watched television shows of all time. I get it. But breaking news for you know Supernatural or uh, The Magicians, which is a show I, I watch. I watch The Magicians. I love The Magicians. But these are such niche shows. Like. It really like not having Game of Thrones there really affected it too. So, it, but I mean, so embrace 
the embrace the new Watchmen series on HBO. Like embrace HBO. Like get HBO. Just bring in content, man. It doesn't. Ha- I mean, Top Gun's not a comic book movie. It's not any. It's not Comic Con material. It's freaking Top Gun. You know, embrace that material. Bring it in. Bring in the superstars. Bring in Tom Cruise. I mean, that's oh yeah huge. Like that's the only reason I would want to go is if I would have been in the same room as Tom Cruise. Just say I was in the same room as Tom Cruise. You know, I don't know. That's just me. Any any last thoughts on? 2019 comic-con uh brian is a scientologist he has been promoting tom cruise for a while now <laughs> it's true it's it's part of it's part of his cult but other than that tom cruise is a great actor i'm trying to increase my thetans so getting him up there um all right so i guess that's it for comic-con um we're gonna we're gonna move on to a spoiler filled review dun, dun, dun. of spider-man far from home uh but before we do that i forgot to top of the show gotta remember this uh, email the podcast cultofpop at gmail.com it's cultofpop at gmail.com uh, cult with a K. K good call that's why you're the co-host of the year cult with a K so K-U-L-T of pop at gmail.com um, I'm going to also because I forgot this top show too Travis is working diligently on launching the website it's hopefully soon um no time limit, no time frame. It's coming. It's coming soon. Uh, he just showed me a, a preview of it. And I got a slight erection. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was because I gave him a hand job, but the <laughs> also, site was on the computer screen. At the it same also time. looked good. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So we got, we got good things. Email, email the podcast. Let us, I keep forgetting to do the email thing. And um, I think this is on the second episode I've mentioned it, but email us. Let us know what you think. Um, Give us your thoughts. We'll read any email you send to us. So it's, it's call it with a K of pop at gmail.com. All right, Travis, let's, uh, let's talk some far from home. Okay. Spider-Man European vacation. Spider-Man. Um, so real quick, what did you think of the first Spider-Man homecoming? What did you think of that? Oh, I thought it was great. Uh, I definitely love the feel of the movies. Spider-Man's those teen dramas. Not necessarily a drama, but just like a fun teen movie. And it really captures that. It gets you away from the super seriousness of like Civil War and Endgame mm-hmm. and stuff. And it brings you back to your childhood, definitely. Definitely agree. I loved Homecoming. It's probably one of my, it's definitely my top five favorite uh, film. We, we had our countdown and it was definitely my top five. I don't remember if it was in your top five or it not. It's not in mine, but it's still um, a damn good movie. I, I love teen angst. So Spider-Man is definitely has a place in my heart um probably my second favorite superhero next to batman is spider-man so um you know i was so excited for this movie um and one thing about i think about john watts the director in particular is he usually i feel like directors who have handled like sam raimi and um mark webb have handled uh spider-man's um, web slinging with like it being almost the focus of the action. And one thing I appreciate about John Watts is it was always kind of like, that's like, like uh, it's, it's not his superpower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's yes, he, it's a weapon or a trait that he has, he uses. And um, yeah, it's, it's his, it's a tool, but he's not a one trick pony. Right. It's not, and it's not a universal problem solver. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's even a scene in this movie where he runs out of webs, and I thought that was brilliant. You know, like because that's not who Peter Parker is. That's not you know in the comic books. That's 
you know, his ability, his agility, his strength, and his brain are what get him in and out of issues. Um, So I will say that this movie, that's one thing it did really well. Um, But I... I just like this movie. I didn't love it. Um, I had. Let me say. I will say this before I hand the reins over to you, and your general thoughts. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal and the Mysterio villain has probably the best villain that we've had in a long time. I definitely love Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he did a great. I there were you know, I was in the movie and I was thinking to myself, is he really the villain? Like, is he going to be the villain? Like, I he's a villain. Like, I know in the comic books, Mysterio is a villain. Like, what? Maybe I'm missing something here. That's how good of an actor he is. Yeah. He made you fall in love with exactly. him. Exactly. I was thoroughly eyes. So good. Um, but overall, I think that I want, I just, I needed to see more interaction between Peter and his classmates than I think we got. That was, that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from because I'm a big fan of those teen comedies as well. You know, like Ferris Bueller days, days off, mm-hmm. uh, just, the 90s teen drama movies and it kind of stepped away from that because half the movie had to be an action movie i guess and it pulled away from that part so all the funny comedic lines and stuff came from the 90s teen drama right yeah yeah and it didn't yeah you're right exactly as soon as you stepped out of the 90s teen drama it was nick fury making me feel bad depressing time yeah yeah and which the, the whole Nick Fury line in this movie about him being a, um, what's the alien's name? Kree. Kree. It just, I, there's definitely a reason they did it. Like, I, there's a reason, 100% mm-hmm. that they did that, they made that choice that we'll find out because the st- we saw the stinger at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, it did, in retrospect, feel like someone pretending to be Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury. Like, yeah. just the dialogue, the line, it never felt 100% Do you think that there. was bad writing, or do you think that was written that way? See, that's... I don't know, man. I, I've... I've yet a good question. I've toiled with that Cause in, he, in my Because Nick Fury was the most Nick Fury he's ever been. Right. Like, he was over-the-top dick, over-the-top, like, in-your-face. I feel like he was definitely intentional. Yeah, I think it was for sure, but somebody pointed out, and in Captain Marvel, Nick Fury has a line, and it's something like uh, he doesn't like to eat his sandwiches cut in half, and in I can't remember what movie it was in now. It was in a movie recently. May it wasn't in game. It was before in game. There he's. He's, there's a scene where he's eating a sandwich that's cut in half. So you think that's when he made the switch? So that is uh, clear to me. Like, they're good enough to know. Like, that's not a throwaway line. There's a reason that line's in there. Yeah. Um. So this is probably something that's set up uh, way in advance that we missed that we didn't know that they're calling back to. Well, they definitely set up callbacks, for yeah. sure. Uh, they're coming out with the new Chinese-based movie... Uh, let me see what the name of that movie oh, is. Oh, that movie is like, yo. Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Ten Rings was the evil group in uh, Iron Man 1. So that group uh, that right. captured yeah, him, yes, yes, right. they are the Ten Rings. And this is how many years later, and now they're calling that back. 
Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, dude, that's that's what we want. We want that, that from is this depth. universe. Yeah. Yeah. That that depth it adds a layer of sophistication and a lot, and it also makes you want to go back and watch these other movies and be like, oh yeah, this is this. I mean, that's what was great about comic books in the beginning is the continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of the disgruntled employees were in Iron Man movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 was another thing that was super impressive. Um, I think is there was like a couple of those were that was like actual footage from the movies. They didn't yes. reshoot those. That was actual footage, which I thought was just brilliant and smart. Um, which I mean, what do you expect from Marvel? I expect this level of sophistication. I expect this level of um, of thoughtfulness to their characters. Um, so Peter Billingsley, he's uh, Alfie from A Christmas Story. In the first Iron Man, Obadiah Stane yells at him and says, you know, you're basically a moron. Tony Stark was able to build this technology from a cave. And yeah. that's the exact scene in line. And he's that same person that's a disgruntled employee that's coming back to destroy Iron Man, even from the grave. Yeah, right. Which that's really cool to think about is that this character has been watching the Avengers do their thing in the world and become heroes. And at the same time, he's been like just festering on the sidelines waiting for a chance to get back. That, I mean, that is really cool to think about. Um, what, so did you like this movie though? Did you, I mean, what did you, what did you think about the overall arc of Peter Parker, Spider-Man? Did you, did you enjoy this movie? I mean, uh, I was not going to see it. Until I got a text from you that said, "Hey, I like to review this for the podcast." You just you weren't you didn't care. Did not care, but I'm a million million times glad that I did do that. I thought it was a great movie. I thought the plot and everything went well. I thought the comedic timing of certain things. Uh, Peter Parker, his guardian on the on the European vacation trip, is hilarious. Um, he's the guy from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, he's Martin the, Starr. Uh, yeah. So, in the movie, there's a PowerPoint at the very beginning, and they call it the blip. Instead of the snap, they, yeah. weren't, they weren't there to see, you know, Thanos snap his fingers. They weren't there to see Tony Stark snap right, his fingers. Right. They call it the blip. Well, there's a line in there which he talks about his wife got blipped. Well, he thought she did. She actually left him. Right. He had a funeral and everything. That was great. That was, that was, the, that was the line of the, of the movie. Really, it was. I, I laughed so hard at that. That was so smart. And the way he delivers the line is just—he's <laughs> like so heartbroken. It's—it's it, it's like, it's like we have a funeral and everything. So good, so good. Um, yeah. Hit, uh, so Martin Starr and JB Smooth play the the two, the two, uh, I guess escorts or, yeah. or, or guardians. Guardians, or yeah. Um, chaperones. Yeah, chaperones. On the trip. Um, I, you know. Well, then the other guys like we came here for science and we're leaving because of witches. <laughs> He's obsessed with witches, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, I I don't know. I I I had a good time with this movie too. I, like I said, I just kind of liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but the overall, like this movie is, it's I wrestle with it because when it's good, it's really good. And I love the ending. I love the fight scene at the end. I thought again, like the the way that 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 John Watts makes Spider-Man slash Peter Parker uh, use his abilities to overcome these guys is classic Spider-Man. Yeah, use his Jedi powers. 
yeah, he uses his mind, uses his Peter Tingle. Um, so the Peter Tingle is a call back to the Spidey sense, and Aunt May calls it the Peter Tingle, and then uh, Happy Hogan calls it the Peter Tingle, and now it just sticks. It Everyone's, just sticks, yeah. And this is not the first, uh, like, masturbation joke in the <laughs> right. show, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really hilarious for a Disney movie. He talks about um, his pants being a little tight in the web catcher right there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And honestly, that again, it's that kind of crass, like, teen humor that makes me love this character. And also, it's like, I also like the idea of the friendly neighborhood spider. I love when they kept calling it the night monkey. I thought that was brilliant. Um, so yeah. And so, uh, night monkey, I thought was hilarious. They get in there when you see it in print and newspaper. Um, yeah. Uh, I also, I really love the happy element on this. I love happy in Aunt May secretly boning. I thought that was a nice little addition. <laughs> addition. And near the end, uh, Peter Parker gives them the the parent sibling talk about relationships, yes, yes. and she's a free spirit. He thought they're in a relationship and is serious. She doesn't feel the same way. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of unexpected, and I liked that. Um, that was good. Peter Parker left that conversation confused and not happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, the only so I just want to. There's two other things that I kind of I didn't really care for in the movie and we'll get your thoughts and then we can start wrapping up but one thing that I thought was really really frustrating um, and I think that it goes back to a larger problem with the MCU is needing to have that happy character like Peter so they want Peter to be resourceful and you see Mm -hmm. that multiple times in the movie you see Peter you know, figuring out or working away his way out of these situations. But in the end, he needs happy to come basically pick him up. And so he can build a suit, um, you know, because Tony, so he'd like without Tony, without happy, where would our Spider-Man be? That's the movie, honestly, that I want to see. I want to see Peter Parker stripped down to where he has to be resourceful, but without anybody's help. And I thought for a moment, once he was stripped of Edith and the glasses, I thought that's what we were going to see is he, he was going to be, you know, without his web catchers, without everything, you know, he loses, you know, he runs out of his webs and it's just down to just Peter Parker having to save the day. Um, So basically Iron Man in the cave. But yes, exactly. Using his ingenuity, mm-hmm. and that's really what kind of made. In my, that's one reason I love Spider-Man. Growing up, is that you know it wasn't until later on in the comics that he kind of when the Avengers came about that he got introduced to these new suits and these new grander epic schemes. Yeah. But I just I love the thought of a young kid outsmarting these yeah. villains. So basically, it's Home Alone for teenagers. Exactly, He, he yes. thinks of, like, yes. cool, ingenious ways to put things together and to solve his own problems. Um, I was really surprised they kept the Iron Spider suit because that's, like, a, that's a really powerful suit right. that I don't think he should have. It gives him way too too many abilities. Yeah. It's, it's basically, like, get out of jail free card. It is. You're right. Yep. Yep. 
It makes him Superman. It makes him Thor. It makes him just like this unbeat. So if he's going up against a normal foe, mm-hmm. then, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I definitely agree. Um, the only other thing I will say is I, the MJ love thing, it's, it kind of annoyed me because, and I know you're like, that's the thing. Teen love. Like they kind of make a joke about it at the end when, um, yeah. Uh, what's his friend's name? I can't remember his friend's name. Ned. Ned and uh, Betty. Is that her name? Yeah, Ned and Betty. They they split up at the end, and you know it's like it was a summer fling, whatever. Like that's cute, but the the thing that frustrated me most is like the first the first movie was all about him liking this girl, her dad being a villain. And this mm-hmm. movie was all about him trying to show MJ affection, but it keeps falling through. Yeah. I just like that's fine if that's kind of the background story, but they've built up MJ in the universe, in this universe particularly. Like they've built her up to be something more, and I don't know. I just feel like that character is so superficial, and yeah. and there's no depth to it. Like we hear like, oh, she's dark and gritty, and she likes weird death things, like. But do we don't see enough of her? There's not enough well, chemistry. It's she says she likes dark and gritty things, but nothing on the screen projects right. that she does. Right, exactly. And she likes Peter Parker, but nowhere is that developed. Like, does Peter Parker do something nice for her, or see him do something nice, and like you see her catch him doing that? There's none. Of, there's no build up. There's no like depth to that character. There's no. There's no laying the foundation. It's. This is MJ. This is Peter. They like each other. And there's no reason Peter should like her either. He doesn't yeah. really have a real motivation there other than she, she, I guess he finds her attractive maybe. Yeah, right. And that, and I'm glad you, so I'm glad we're on the same page there because it was driving me kind of crazy like during the movie because it was like, you know, the one thing I love typically about these teen drama angsty stuff is like the girls that the boys are attracted to are usually like the coolest girls in the world. And you're just like, you get, you understand why these boys are. It's the um, um, weird science, manic pixie dream girl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's a weird science. It's like you, they've created these, like these writers, obviously. And I'm not saying that Zendaya needs to be that, but like, she's not like she's like breaking that mold or changing our expectations. No. It's like she's not really an existing character in the movies. Like she's just kind of like tertiary to the to the plot and it's like he has to convince her that he likes her like it's not there's nothing there's no, yeah there's no chemistry there there's no tension it's just yeah, there, like it wasn't written to the movie at all no and yeah i don't know to me it was just kind of like eh you know i mean yeah i mean i get where that's coming from i i would like to say that's because they have to spoke spend half their time on the action part and not this love romance right. part but that is Peter Parker's character. His character is, I fall in love with MJ, I have to be Spider-Man, my relationship falls apart, Right. rinse, repeat. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. the Ross and Rachel of the comic book universe. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he constantly is juggling being a student, being a boyfriend, uh, being Spider-Man, you know, yeah. and being Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's part of it. And anyways, I just and, felt that... Yeah, he, and I he just, fails at all three yeah. at one point in time. right. And I think the only reason they brought them together, because they did a horrible job, is so the next episode they break apart. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, um, and let's just talk about that real quick, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. What did you think about the the stinger, the reveal that uh, that Spider Man is Peter Parker? Well, 
I like that they brought it out because now uh, Joan Jana Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, he's basically Alex Jones. Yeah, it's great. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but the bad thing is we're not going to have high school movie anymore. That's true. That's true. That's the end of that. So if he's out in the public, it's not him trying to hide his identity. So it's no more teen angst movie. And I'm going to miss that. I yeah. hope something else fills that void, but I don't know anything in the Marvel lineup that's going to do that. No, I think you're right. That is uh, kind of the that is kind of the thorn in the side of uh, of revealing Peter Parker is uh, is Spider Man. I think it opens up the world a little bit um, for characters, and I you know he was he's technically the only superhero in the universe that has a secret identity. So, yeah, you're right about the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He's the only one. So I, that which I thought was unique because you know, I liked the idea. I liked that they didn't care about Captain or or Iron Man. That you know, or you know, black, these all these people were known to be who they are at this point. There's no nothing to hide. It's out in the open. But Peter Parker wasn't. It was kind of a secret. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I I definitely was shocked. I was it, I did not expect that to be how the movie ended. Like I know I had heard stuff like, oh the stinger changes the future of the MCU and like da da da. And I kept waiting and then they're swinging to the city and I'm like what is what's and then the, I was like oh crap definitely did not expect that. Um, yeah I'm with you. Uh, any final thoughts on Spider Man? Uh, overall I thought it was a great movie. If you just want to have fun and see a movie, I think this is this is gonna just to be a fun movie. It's a great summer movie. Yeah. It really is. It's a, I, I just kind of liked it. It's it's not. It's in the middle for me. I liked it better than Captain Marvel. Um, I liked it significantly less than Endgame. But I mean, it's it's a middle tier. Uh, in my opinion, it's a middle tier Marvel movie. But Mysterio is a, one of my favorite villains. And they gave him a fishbowl head. Yes, they I didn't mean, back out. They didn't back out. You know, 10, 20 years ago, that would never have happened. It, it, right. You're right. It wouldn't have. They would have figured a way around it. Then all the visuals were great. So he's this super powerful illusionist who invented barf technology that Iron Man displayed. And mm-hmm. I believe the second Iron Man or maybe the Civil War. And it really ties everything together. I hope, like Jake Gyllenhaal did such a great job. Will he be alive? I hope so, because they, no one's ever really dead in the Marvel MCU. We know that for sure, yeah. So hopefully they bring him back for something. In game, definitely spoilers for in game. Loki being alive, we, we knew there was a television show coming, but now we know why. The multiverse is real, um, or is it? Is it multiverse? Wait, wait, yeah, I guess it's multiverse. Yeah, it's multiverse. So whatever, that's fine. That's cool. Um, all right, any any parting words for our listeners before we? skedaddle out the door no that's it for me man all right we will uh look forward to seeing you next week we've got another show coming out we're going to review stranger things uh season three so check that out next week um yeah that'll do it for this episode of the call to pop we'll catch you later join the cult